You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show for this emergency episode, we have John Kegley on with us as well, one of the original founding members of the show to talk about the Chargers firing Anthony Lynn. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, I know that you just heard from us, but this is a special emergency podcast edition because the Chargers have released head coach Anthony Lynn. And there's already a couple of other coaches like Gus Bradley, who has already been rumored to be gone as well. But we had to get back to you guys and give you our first reaction of the Chargers not falling for the four-game winning streak and deciding to move on from Anthony Lynn. So, we will start the show by just getting into that decision, the Chargers' official statement, how the reports came out. The reports coming out before Anthony Lynn and some of the coaches even knew it was going to happen, and much more in the first segment. But then we will get into whether or not General Manager Tom Telesco should be shouldering some of this blame as well. And we'll talk about if he's kind of getting off easy in this scenario and if the Chargers should be keeping any of the coaches that are currently on the staff or whether they should be getting rid of everyone. And then to wrap up the show today, we will get into our first thoughts on who the next head coach of the Chargers should be as we see it right now. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Many Chargers fans were waiting with bated breath to see what was going to happen with Anthony Lynn as Black Monday approached. And as we woke up this morning, it came out pretty quickly from Ian Rappaport that the Chargers were parting ways with Anthony Lynn Despite the four-game winning streak, after that, the Chargers ended up releasing a statement on it saying, This morning I informed Anthony Lynn that we have made the decision to part ways with him as our head coach. I'm not sure there is another person in the league more respected as a human being than Anthony, and I want to sincerely express my deepest gratitude for his leadership during a time of great change for our organization. They also said more than that, but I think that really is the gist of it there. And I just have to ask you guys, you know, first thing, David... We didn't know what we were going to wake up to this morning. Obviously, on the last show, we all predicted Anthony Lynn would be gone, but there was still some doubt in our mind that the Chargers would come through and make the right decision here. What was your first reaction when you heard that Anthony Lynn was gone? I mean, honestly, it was just a little bit of genuine surprise. I just didn't know if the Chargers were actually going to make that decision, just knowing how they've handled their business throughout their history, you know, and especially, as, you know, throughout their history of me being a fan, you know, watching, you know, watching them fire Marty, Marty Schottenheimer after a 14 and two season, watch them, you know, fire general managers have, you know, really bloody and, and stupid and really bad decisions on players being let go and how they've handled those situations. So they've botched a lot of these type of decisions in the past. So I just wasn't a hundred percent sure if they were actually going to make the decision. Um, like we said on the last show, we all thought it was the right decision to be made. Um, and you know, to their credit, uh, they actually made that decision of letting go Anthony Lynn. So just genuine surprise. And, you know, now obviously immediately after that, uh, a lot of anticipation and excitement to see where they go with the next head coach of the Chargers. 
And the argument was always, do you want continuity or do you want to give your young quarterback another new head coach after what he went through in Oregon, going through so many different offensive coordinators and head coaches in his time there. And I understand the continuity part of it. A lot of the best coaches in the league have been around for a while and a lot of the most stable franchises keep their head coaches in place for a long time. But when you were talking about someone like Justin Herbert and wondering if you have the right guy to lead the Chargers into that new era, I think it was very important for them to get this one right. And I think they did that, John. And I just want to know, I know you knew that they thought the Chargers were going to be gone. You said yesterday he will not be the head coach today. You were right about that. But still, there had to be some doubt in your mind that the Chargers could mess this thing up, but they didn't. Well, it wasn't more of they would mess it up. I feel like they would try to scapegoat it somehow. Like they would say, all right, Lynn, you get one more year, but Bradley and Stewart and all these guys have to go or else you go as well or something like that. I felt they would try to find one way to give him an extra year, but everybody else on the coaching staff would have to go, which I would have been slightly okay with because then if Gus Bradley's not there, does the defense save the season next year? A lot of things could happen, but the better choice was to get rid of Lynn and just start all over again. Now that you have your rookie quarterback and it's going to be his second year in the league. And Justin Herbert has had a new head coach like almost every year or a new offensive coordinator almost every year since Oregon. And then now he's going to have another one next year. So now whoever you get has got to be a guy for the next four to six years at least so that Herbert can grow with him and the team can grow with him. It was the right time to do it as well. It was the right time to do it. And the Chargers absolutely made the right decision here. Yes, Anthony Lynn won his last four games of the season, but as we've talked about outside of the last game against Kansas City's backups, the Chargers were still having the same issues, missing late field goals, getting conservative late in games, and really almost blowing the games that they won to some extent. And when you look back on the beginning of Anthony Lynn's season, you think back on games like the Kansas City Chiefs or even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New Orleans Saints where the Chargers offense was rolling, got out to a big lead, and then the offense went in a shell. The defense didn't make any adjustments, and at the end of the day, that falls on the head coach. And that's not even factoring in the game management and time management issues that saw the Chargers running the ball multiple times with no timeouts and not being prepared for what was supposed to happen next, whether that was supposed to be the field goal unit getting on the field to try to get some points and just leaving points out there, especially in end-of-half situations. I mean, the Chargers clock management this season was one of the worst that I've ever seen from any team watching the NFL, and you mix that with the fact that the Chargers had one of the worst special teams units in NFL history this season. There was just too much for Anthony Lynn to escape, but the other part of this is the way that it happened because there already have been some sources out there saying that Anthony Lynn did not find out about him losing his job until it was already out on Twitter. So that shows you that there was a leak in the organization somewhere to that for that news to get out like that. So that's obviously not a good look as you're trying to bring in a new head coach who is thinking, hey, is that going to be me that that happens to if this organization decides to let me go eventually? Obviously, that is in the future. But the Chargers absolutely made the right decision in deciding to move on from head coach Anthony Lynn. Yes, he was a great leader. I think even till the end of his days as the Chargers head coach, I don't think that he lost that locker room. The only game the Chargers looked completely unprepared for was the Patriots game, and it was right after Anthony Lynn said that they didn't have a shot at the playoffs realistically. But outside of that, these guys played hard for Anthony Lynn. I believe that they believed 
and Anthony Lynn, but sometimes that's not enough. You can be a great leader and not be a great head coach, and I think that was the case with Anthony Lynn, and now the Chargers have a chance to move on and figure out who is going to be the leader in the Justin Herbert era, but the one guy that we have seen that is almost surely gone is Gus Bradley, the Chargers defensive coordinator. Obviously, we had our issues with Gus Bradley and the heavy cover three scheme and the lack of blitzing and not getting a lot of pressure and all those things. But Ian Rapport is already reporting that the Raiders hope to speak with Gus Bradley. So that should tell you enough that Gus Bradley is probably gone too. So David, we don't know who the coaches are going to be that stick around. We'll talk about that more in the next segment. But at least right now, it looks like Gus Bradley is among those who have been fired. Yeah, and I mean, that's personally 100% fine with me. I mean, I've been one of the guys that has had a lot of problems with Gus Bradley because of his inability to make in-game adjustments. I mean, we've seen so many times the Chargers jump out to big leads and then teams adjust on them, and then that's how they lose those leads. Gus Bradley doesn't do that. I mean, he doesn't I mean, he, he doesn't do that very effectively. I mean, he's done it a little bit, but not enough. I mean, you have to be able to make those in-game adjustments to what their offense is trying to do. You have to try to switch things up, do do something different. And that seems like that only happened when Anthony Lynn said, "Hey Gus, I need you to to blitz more. I need to get more pressure on the quarterback." And even when he did say that, they only rushed the quarterback just a little bit more and it was still like the last like one of the worst teams in the league at getting after the quarterback one of the lowest blitzing teams in the NFL so I think it was time to get rid of him as well I think regardless of who the head coach was he needed needed to go because I don't think he was maximizing the talent that was at his disposal and unless he had a fully healthy roster we just didn't see the dominant defense that we thought that the Chargers should have but John, what do you think about uh, Gus Bradley going to Las Vegas and being their defensive coordinator? Is it possible to say the Chargers win three times in one week? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's a good move to me. You know, because first of all, the players know Gus Bradley. So if you were to play against the Raiders twice a year, you know what he's probably going to do, and you know a way to scheme for it. So that's an advantage on two a divisional games just right there alone. This also means he's not your defensive coordinator, so you don't have to worry about giving up leads because you're up 34 to, to like, what, 34-20, and you think you have a good enough lead, so here comes the bend-don't-break prevent defense. We don't have to say bend-don't-break defense on this podcast every single week anymore unless we're talking about playing the Raiders and Gus Bradley. <laughs> right. This all seems to work for me. and with Under Anthony Lynn, with Gus Bradley, this team could not do well with putting away games or coming back from games for the most part too because they would either come back and make it a one-possession game or they'd have a good lead and then the defense would allow it to come to a one-possession lead. And during Lynn's era, they were 10-21 and 21 in the game. So actually they were 17-22 and 22 in one-possession games. But if you take away 2018, they're 10-21. and 21. 2018, they went 7-1. and one. They had a lot of things go their way, a lot of miracles like Keenan Allen catching a tip ball in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, come on now. <laughs> A lot of things went their way. Other years where it didn't go their way and you actually had to play for it, they they had a combined 10-21 and 21 get record in these one-possession games. So Gus Bradley with Anthony Lynn was just not a good combo. So one of them had to go, but with them both going, you get a fresh start. 
And it was the right decision as well. My final thought on Anthony Lynn is, yes, he was a good leader. And we all know that. But his coaching style was a little bit archaic. He didn't bring a lot of offensive ingenuity as a former running back and running back coach. And you saw that in his philosophies. I mean, the amount of times the Chargers would just run the ball up the middle on third and one, even though it wasn't effective just because that was one of Lynn's philosophies was absolutely brutal to watch at times, and what he wanted to do with this team didn't necessarily always match up with the personnel that they had. So I think getting a new offensive mind in the building is something that has to be high up on the list of things that the Chargers have to be targeting now that they are moving away from Anthony Lynn. And I think when you look at all of the clock management, the game management, the decisions to have players in the game, even if they weren't giving the team the best chance to win, is obviously what ended up dooming Anthony Lynn and the Chargers to their credit saw through it and held their hand held their standards high and said even though you finished with a seven and nine record, that's not good enough. We are looking for more and now the Chargers are at least in the market for a brand new head coach and a new defensive coordinator. And in the next segment we'll talk about which coaches we would like to stay on the staff and how much of the blame Tom Telesco has to shoulder coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. The playoffs are here now, guys. There's only a few weeks left to bet on football, and you can have some action on these games to make them much more interesting now that the Chargers are not involved anymore, and you can do it with betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and you guys can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to bet with, guys. You can also bet on other sports. Basketball is going now as well. March Madness is coming, and betonline.ag is the only place to go, and you can get some free money right now with that promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys, well, we're all still reeling a little bit by the fact that the Chargers moved on from Anthony Lynn and thinking about who the next head coach of the Chargers is going to be. But I do think it's important to have the conversation of whether or not Tom Telesco is the guy to pick that next head coach, because right now, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn are the two coaches that he has selected. Both have kind of gone down in fire and now... It doesn't seem like Tom Telesco is going to get fired at this point. I think we might have seen that today, but I'm not going to totally rule it out, David. I mean, there's still a possibility the Chargers could decide to let go of Tom Telesco before they end up picking their new head coach, but it looks like he is safe right now. But I still think we have to kind of take a look at what he's been able to do as the Chargers general manager and how much of the blame that he has to take. Because when you look at this team, The offensive line has consistently been an issue. Getting healthy players on the roster that are able to make it through the season has always been an issue. So even though right now the heat is not all on Tom Telesco as the general manager, I do think it is time to kind of look at what he's been able to do and say, you know, is he the right guy going forward, even though now we know Anthony Lynn is not. Yeah, and if you need a refresher on all of Tom (laughs) Telesco's moves throughout his tenure as the general manager for the Chargers, you can take a look at Daniel Wade's article or articles on Tom Telesco because he has a three-part series on all of his moves as the Chargers general manager for LA Football Network. So yeah, definitely go check that out. It really gives you a good refresher on all the moves that he's made, You know, whether that be trades or you know, questionable draft picks. I mean, Tom Telesco has made some some good moves. You, you know, we've called him coupon god. We've called him, you know, you know, a, a great guy to be able to get undrafted free agents, which he has hit on several of those. But he's also made some questionable decisions as well. I mean, you know, several offensive linemen he's picked that have not worked out. I mean, several just 
really bad trades or trade ups like to trade up to get Melvin Gordon, which that didn't work out well. I mean, Tom Telesco. I mean, my biggest problem with Tom is honestly at the the core philosophy. I think he's more of a guy that focuses on on let's sure up the talent at the skill positions and then we'll uh, we'll get to the offensive line that philosophy has never worked i mean it's never worked for the chargers and that needs to change i mean he's never been a guy that's focused on the on building from the inside out you know getting the really high quality in, interior defensive linemen and really high quality good offensive linemen that's never been a focus for the chargers that's always been a problem i think it's one of the big reasons why they haven't been able to win football games uh besides the coaching decisions i just think that philosophy doesn't work and the chargers need to honestly i think they should get rid of him too and and really just start over completely and get somebody with a new voice in there i'm frankly done with tom yeah, and if you guys want to check out the series I've been writing, it's three of four parts are out so far. And really what I've been looking at is just every move that he has made in the offseason, whether it's free agency or the draft. And I think for Tom Telesco, he has had a lot of good coupon moments. I mean, bringing in Brandon Flowers on a small deal, bringing in Casey Hayward on a small deal, even even Patrick Robinson. But the problem is, is a lot of the big contracts he's given out haven't worked out. I mean, you look at guys like King Dunlap, you look at Orlando Franklin and a lot of guys that he originally brought in cheap, then extended at a high price tag, have ended up coming back to haunt him. And Casey Hayward honestly could be the latest in that line. I mean, Brandon Flowers was a really good pickup when it was a one-year deal, but then when it was a four-year $36.4 million deal, it didn't look so great. And when you look at what he was able to do in the draft as well, obviously trading up for Melvin Gordon, having the only first-round lineman he take be DJ Fluker. I mean, there's obviously a lot of flaws in his resume, John, and I do think that it's not out of the question that the Chargers could potentially move on from him. Maybe he ends up getting one more season. Hey, maybe they're using him for his relationships with a guy like Brian Dayboom. We'll talk about him in the next segment. But what are you thinking right now as the Chargers move into their ninth season with general manager Tom Telesco at the helm? Well, I think he should probably go as well. And I remember I said yesterday they should probably clean house and start over. That includes their scouting department as well. I don't know what it is with this drafting guys that are all injury prone or whatever with the Tom Telesco era, but everyone we draft is seems to be getting hurt. And then when it comes to like third round picks and the later picks, they tend to be really bad, like a Sam Tevy, a Max Turk, guys like that. You wasted a pick on someone like that when there was way better options out there. Chris Watt. Chris Watt, yeah, another great example. And I think that has to go with the scouting department as well because those guys are bringing in the info to Telesco and he's putting it together and making the calls and maybe talking to the coaches with it as well. So Telesco and the scouting department, I believe, both need to go as well. I think you got to find someone who knows how to really actually figure out what guys are made of and does actual real research on like body size, height, injury history, stuff like that that shows whether these guys can actually be available to play every single game. He finds some pretty talented guys, a Derwin James, a Joey Bosa, guys like that, but then they're always hurt. I mean, even DJ Fluker was hurt constantly. One offensive lineman he gets, constantly hurt. He signs Orlando Franklin, constantly hurt. King Dunlap constantly gets concussions. Nobody on this team really played a lot except for Phillip Rivers, who was not a Tom Telesco pick. When you wonder now if the training staff and all of those things are parts of this organization, that'll be evaluated now. I mean, maybe the Chargers get a new training staff. Maybe they're able to fix some of those things, and hopefully, you know, they spend top dollar for it because they've seen 
how big of an issue it can be for the team. And some of the injury things is always going to be bad luck. I mean, obviously, certain guys, you can look at their history and figure out, hey, that's probably not a good idea because it doesn't look like he'll be able to stay healthy long term. But the Chargers have gotten a lot of talented players, like you said. I mean, the top of drafts like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and all of those players. But, I mean, there is an argument to be made that those guys kind of fell into Tom Telesco's lap. And then when he needed to fill out the rest of the, the roster later on, Besides a few outliers, you know, like Jatavis Brown early on as a fifth-round pick, Desmond King as a fifth-round pick, obviously those were nice picks. I mean, you look back to the 2017 draft where the Chargers got, you know, contributors up and down. Mike Williams, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, Rayshon Jenkins, Desmond King, Sam Tevy, Isaac Rochelle. That's a draft where every one of those guys has actually started this year. But have they played at a high level? That's a different story. And I think the next thing is looking at the head coaches that, Tom Telesco could have had, like I've talked about in those articles. I mean, the first time he had to hire a head coach, Andy Reid ended up going to the Kansas City Chiefs. The second time he had a chance for maybe Sean McVay or Sean McDermott or Kyle Shanahan, and he ended up with Anthony Lynn. Two of those three coaches have been to a Super Bowl. The other one has probably the second best team in the AFC right now with the Buffalo Bills. So there's a lot to be determined with with Tom Telesco and whether he is the right guy, but if I was to ask you guys right now, if there's one coach you would want to keep from this from this coaching staff, we don't know who all has lost their job yet. David, I think I'm already pretty sure where you're going to go with this, but who would you keep? I mean, I only get to pick one. Uh, can I do one on each side sure. of the? Okay. As long as you make it so, fast. Yeah, I'll make it quick. So on offense, I'd love to keep Pep Hamilton. I like that continuity with Justin Herbert. I think he's done some great things with him. And on the defensive side, uh, Ron Miles. I think he's done a great job with the defensive backs. Um, He's had a long tenure career with the Chargers, and honestly, I, I think he deserves uh, a promotion. So those are two guys that I really love from the staff. John? Uh, I would prefer not to keep anybody, but if I have to pick one, I would probably be Pep Hamilton just because him and Herbert already have a connection. So that's something that you can start off with, I guess. But even then, someone could probably do better. But when you have a quarterback coach connection like that, you kind of have to stick with it. I mean, if I'm going offense, obviously Pep Hamilton's a hot name, but I mean, I would have to really consider Phil McGowan. Uh, I just love his leadership. I love the way he kind of gets the guys riled up, and it seems like he's gotten a lot out of some pretty iffy wide receivers. I mean, when you're looking at what Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton have been able to do this season, what Keenan Allen has turned into and has been able to you know, keep up with at this point in his career. I mean, Phil McGowan, I think, is a really, really – good coach and I would have to consider it but keeping someone like Pep Hamilton to keep some continuity with Justin Herbert and to keep you know instilling some of those things they've been working on with him I think is great but I'd also even with the outstanding season Herbert had I mean the Chargers deserve credit offensively but I also don't feel like they maximized it or really used all of his skills to their full advantage so obviously you're looking for someone that'll be able to do those things and I think that's the next question is what do you look for next in your next head coach? Do you find someone that's going to be good with Justin Herbert? Or do you find someone who has head coaching experience because you have a pretty good roster? Or are you looking for someone that's going to change the culture on the defensive side of the ball? And I think we have candidates for all three of those opportunities coming up in the next segment right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you guys are having any car issues and you need a part, there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront, so why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts off of his computer when you guys can get everything delivered straight to your door with rockauto.com? I mean, nobody 
ever wants anything to go wrong with your car. It's always a huge inconvenience, but if you're looking for a part and you're not sure where to get it, there's only one place to go. It is rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have anything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whatever you are looking for, you can get it delivered directly to your door. And right now, if you guys go to rockauto.com, you can see all of the parts they have available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, well, I hope everyone has their Christmas list still out and readily available because the Chargers have a new wish list they are looking for a new head coach and at least a new defensive coordinator. So we're going to be spending, I'm sure, a lot of time talking about who should be the next guy for the Chargers. But now that Anthony Lynn's firing is fresh, it's time to see like what our first reactions are as far as who we think should take over this team that has a lot of talent, has the rookie quarterback on the rookie contract that everybody wants. So, John, I know that you have a list of guys that you're looking at right away. I think this process could move pretty quickly. There's obviously some guys on other teams that are headed to the playoffs that won't be available to be made the head coach yet, but there are still a lot of guys the Chargers should be targeting early on in this process. So now that we know Lynn is gone, who are you looking at to replace him? Well, if you remember uh, last time when we had the coaching search, it was guys like Mike Smith, Anthony Lynn wasn't even talked about, Matt Patricia. We talked about all these guys, and my response to it was I don't think any of these guys are the coach of the future, but we're going to have to fire, hire one of them. This year, we got guys like Eric Bianami, Robert Salah, and Brian Dable. I think guys like that would absolutely be the Chargers coach of the future if they were to get one of them. If they don't get one of them, you're kind of taking a gamble on someone like a Urban Meyer or a Josh McDaniels, guys that are out there. But I think if you go with someone like an Eric Bianami, who's shown that he can be kind of like Anthony Lynn, great locker room presence, great leader, but I think is a lot more of an aggressive type coach is willing to say, screw it, we're going to go for the win, and has also been on the Andy Reid coaching staff. A lot of good coaches come from that. I think that would be a good pickup. There could also be Robert Salah, who's a great defensive coordinator, who has shown that even with injuries, he can still put the guys in the right spot to win games. Same thing with Brian Dable. Even with backups against Miami, he was showing that even with backups, he plays to what the players want to do, and he still game plans very well, puts the guys in the best position to win. So I think one of those three would probably be the best pick. Well, and I think it was nice seeing Brian Dable, even with backups carving up the Miami Dolphins defense, which was one of the best in the NFL this season last week. And I'll, I'll make my case for Brian Dable. But, David, I know that he's another guy that is high up on your list just because of what have he's been able to do with Josh Allen. And I'll get into all of the stats from that. But who are you looking at? Is he at the very top of your list? Is somebody else a close second? What are your options looking like right now? Yeah, I mean, for me, he definitely is near the top of the list just because of what you know he's been able to do with Josh Allen. I mean, you looked at Josh Allen in his rookie year; he's about a fifty percent passer. I mean, now and you know a couple of years later, you've seen he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, putting up you know huge numbers and having a low interception rate, and you know how innovative. And they've also used him in the run in the running game too. Just the style of quarterback that he is is very similar to me 
to Justin Herbert. And I think I'd love to see what he would be able to do with Justin Herbert, who already had one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history with that offensive mind behind him. I definitely would like that decision. Robert Sala is also a guy, you know, because I do want the defense to get more aggressive. I just want the team to be more aggressive. So having a more, you know, defensive minded head coach might be a good choice for the chargers as well, as long as they bring in someone talented on the offensive side to call plays. But uh, another guy for me would be Dave Tope, which is the special teams coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think coming from that tree from Andy Reid, like John said, is a great place to start. Uh, Andy Reid's been a great coordinator, a great coach in this league for a very long time. And from the special teams standpoint, you have to look at every facet of the t- of the football field. You got to look at you know obviously special teams, but defense and offense. You have to see how the whole organization, the whole you know group of players works well together and how to you know make that happen. So I think that would be a, an interesting choice as well. Yeah, for me, I mean, I've been pounding my fist on the table for Brian Dable for a little while now. And I think that obviously if you're going for an offense coordinator, there is no sure thing. I mean, you're not getting a guy that has head coaching experience at the NFL level, but there has to be some risk involved. And I think when you're looking at this and even when we're thinking back at, you know, interviewing Daniel Popper and just talking to him about, you know, maximizing Justin Herbert's potential, I think we've all seen that you want to be able to not ruin a good thing. And obviously the offensive line is going to have a lot to do with it. The roster construction is going to have a lot to do with it. But first and foremost, when you think about matching up Brian Dable with Justin Herbert, it's hard not to get excited about what those guys would be able to do. Yes, you would start to bring in a good defensive coordinator that's going to get the most out of his players. Yes, you're still going to need you know an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to gel with him to figure out the right game plan going into every week. But the most exciting thing about Brian Dable is you've seen the adjustments he's made throughout his tenure as offense coordinator for a couple of different teams. And when you're talking about Josh Allen, yes, 2018, completing 52.8% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You fast forward to this year, I mean, went 13 games through, he was 28 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, with a touchdown percentage of 5.9. I mean, he is a legitimate MVP candidate. And it's easy to tell that Brian Dable has had a big part of that. And I think he will be highly sought after with what he's been able to do with that offense. But throughout his time, I mean, he has been able to make wide receivers have career years. Look what he's done with Stephon Diggs, who's having easily his best season in his first year. He did it with John Brown as his number one receiver. You know he would be able to utilize Keenan Allen and find you know some auxiliary pieces. Like he's made Cole Beasley and John Brown, and Stephon Diggs, all relevant, all part of the game plan. When he didn't have good quarterbacks in his years as offensive coordinator of teams like Cleveland and Miami, they were usually good running teams. I mean, he had Colt McCoy and Brady Quinn with Cleveland, and that just shows you that he can't evolve. And even though the Bills aren't a great rushing team this season, I think it's just because he knows where the strengths of that offense are, and he knows that his best chances to win games are by putting the ball in the hands of Josh Allen. And if we could see the kind of growth that we've seen from Josh Allen in Justin Herbert, I mean, what is the potential on that? What does that look like? I think that's something we can all get excited about. And I think there's already going to be, you know, a sweepstakes on it. The Jets have already confirmed that they are going to interview Brian Dable for their head coaching position. So there's going to be some competition. It's not a sure thing. But the one thing the Chargers do have in their back pocket is that Tom Telesco and Brian Dable both went to the same school. So these guys probably have a relationship. They probably know each other. That could be the bonus of having Tom Telesco still is having that in with Brian Dable. But as far as Robert Sala goes, I mean, yes, John, we 
getting the most out of players, even when you have a super injured defense, still being fifth in the NFL as far as allowing yards. I mean, a lot of that has to do with, you know, the offense being so bad in certain games, putting them in bad positions, and Chargers fans know that better than anyone. But the Chargers now are entering their new era, and I think that, you know, Justin Herbert has to be on the top of the priority list as far as who are we trying to benefit the most with this head coaching change Getting a bright offensive mind in the building. Obviously, you can make all the excuses you want about, you know, he's never been a head coach. But look at Matt LaFleur. Look at Kyle Shanahan. Look at Sean McVay. I mean, we have seen good, innovative coordinators come in and have success at this level. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Brian Dable, even though he hasn't been the head coach of an NFL team, coming from, you know, teams like Alabama, where he's the offensive coordinator, coming from teams like the Patriots, being inside good winning cultures like the Bills, are for me what really tips the scale. So I'm all in on Brian Dable. Well, good. I think I think if to have the argument of he's never been a head coach is kind of stupid, because there's been a lot of guys like if you look at some would you rather have Marvin Lewis? <laughs> I mean, there's like there's coaching trees that you should always people should always take a look at. Like Bill Walsh, the great 49ers head coach, helped create like George Seifert, Mike Holmgren, and Dennis Green, and then those guys went on to do things like Mike Holmgren. Help build guys like John Gruden, Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid, even Jim Zorn and Mike Shanahan came from that coaching tree. Now Andy Reid is here making guys like Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera, John Harbaugh, Doug and now Peterson. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, Doug Peterson. Eric Bieniemy is now an option. Like guys start somewhere just because they've never been a head coach. I'm pretty sure the first ever NFL head coach had never been an NFL head coach before. So yeah. it, that's well, kind of a stupid Frank argument. Reich. I mean, Frank Reich went from the offense coordinator of the Chargers and the Eagles to going to Indianapolis, and they're a really good defensive team. They're a pretty good offensive team. I mean, we see examples of it all the time. I just don't think that going retread option at the head coaching position is always the right move. Yes, you would like to have an established guy that knows how to control a locker room, but at the same time, if you're bringing in offensive ingenuity, if you bring in the right staff to get the most out of the defense, to fix the special teams, I think so much of that could be you know, a moot point because I think that the Chargers – if they bring in the right people with this roster, if the guys are able to stay healthy, and even when they're not, if you find the coaches that are still going to get the most out of what you have, you will be fine. So yes, it, it could be risky to pick up the hot offense coordinator, but that has been something that has worked throughout the NFL over the last few years, and we've seen it in many different examples. So I think if the Chargers are really you know, trying to do the best thing for them, yes, Urban Meyer has you know, shown interest supposedly in the Chargers, pretty flimsy reporting on that. And obviously that would be something that's tempting, but college game is a lot different from the NFL game. I think that getting a guy like Brian Dable, who has shown that he can put together a very competent offense that can adjust, that can get the most out of whatever quarterback is in there, whether it's Josh Allen and Matt Barkley, should absolutely be at the top of the Chargers list as far as their next head coaching option. But that's going to wrap things up for today, guys. Thank you for joining us for this special emergency broadcast edition of the Locked On Chargers podcast. Excited to get into this offseason with you guys. Excited to see where the Chargers go from here. And I'm excited to see what the future for Justin Herbert holds. But we'll be back with you guys soon to get into more of the offseason questions for the Chargers and taking a look at the Chargers 2020 season in review. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers as well as subscribing to us, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get your reactions on the voicemail line, the number is 
524-7924. One of the next couple of shows will definitely be a voicemail show, so make sure you guys get your calls in so we can get them on the show. But we'll be back with you guys probably on Wednesday to get into more off-season questions for the Chargers. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.